0: Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. Yes, we're almost on time tonight. It's only two minutes past seven. For us, that's pretty good. Now, we've got a very, 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 very packed show tonight. Uh, Not least because we've got some cracking games to discuss. Uh, But also, uh, we have a very special guest tonight. In fact, we have two very special guests. But before all of that, I have with me His Royal Highness, the Duke of Jonathan Kidd...
1: I am charmed to be described that way. Thank you so much. How Ch- are you, dear? Are you well? Earl Chidge, Earl Chidge of Chidgeery. Yes. Um, uh, I'm very well, thanks very much. I'm good uh, week. And uh, I've done an audition for um, for for uh, uh, some singing thing that I didn't get, which has depressed me incredibly, as mm. you'd expect, as that happens. But uh, but no, I other than that. Our team won, which has left me in uh, complete joy. Well, we, so. we lost, but we won. Yeah, yeah, but well, all right, yeah, but we won the two-legged thing. But, you know, as we'll get on to it, depressed by the media reaction to oh, well, uh, this, this terrible yes. usurping team. How dare they? They don't deserve to be anywhere. Well, we, will, we will fight back tonight, JK, be of no
0: doubt. Now, we've also got, as always, there's three of us on the Friday Night Preview Show, and I'm delighted to say we've got the wonderful Mr Mark Meehan tonight. In his Describe your T-shirt for, for those of us of a certain age.
2: Oh, Wonderful. I have got <laughs> my Alan Mays t shirt on tonight. So your dar has Stand seen up, Alan stand Mays up, Mark, four. so we can
0: see it. Stand up. Go stand
2: on. up. There oh, you go. My
1: goodness me, that is so wonderful. I love it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know I've had a really
2: good week this week, you know, you know. our football club, you know, has had a very good week as far well as Chelsea fans. You know, beating crippled Alice and then obviously the important sort of two legged victory at home the other night and and (laughs) actually i actually got the program through this morning so i've got some reading for the weekend and it does seem really strange seeing a chelsea program with the Estadio Ramon Sanchez Pizuan on the front cover, I, I fear
1: it may become a collector's item.
2: Yeah, huh? yeah. Or hopefully it will be a one-off. You know, certainly from a Chelsea pitch owner's point of view. You know, yeah. Just, well, I, I want it becoming a regular theme. I have know. to
1: say,
0: I thought that that Alan May's T-shirt would be a collector's item and a one-off when Philip gave me one, and now I find he's doing them for everybody. I mean, you know
1: you did say on the show that it was being made especially i know
0: i I don't know whether to feel complimented or insulted but anyway uh, i would say
2: feel complimented chidge, because to be fair you know i've said on the show several times you know in in my best sort of like you know i want one you know impersonation so i think philip must have heard that (laughs) and he did contact me and said would you like one, mark so i said yes
0: please mark always good to see you on the show now um We've got a, I think we have got a very special guest on the show tonight. Um we've known this fantastic bloke for a long 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 time. Um it always tickles me pink that I hear his dulcet tones usually on the sports bar uh, closely followed by me. So I I I feel I've like <laughs> been, been sitting on his coattails for many many a year and we've planned to have him on the show years and years ago. We're both so bloody useless at organising it. We've never quite managed it until tonight. And I'm really excited to say we've got Simon Johnson from The Athletic on with us tonight. Simon, it really is great to see you, mate. Thanks for coming on.
3: My pleasure. I mean, I know that um, the, the the more youthful <laughs> looking and uh, and and his conversation is more articulate than me. My colleague, Liam Toomey, is a regular on the show and he's taken the night off. <laughs> and I'm like the... Uh, there's sort of the ageing sort of striker that's sort of come on to sort of see out a game. Well, <laughs> as Tommy Tuchel,
0: yeah, as Tommy Tuchel would say, you can't beat beat a bit of experience. Right? <laughs> so,
3: You're
0: so
1: you doing I think you'd come on with at least
3: twenty five minutes to go. <laughs> you know? It seems a lot of time, <laughs> Jonathan. To be <my laughs> for me,
0: brilliant. <laughs> Listen, as you know, as 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 is customary on the Friday night show, we 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 lob the first kind of bit of discussion. Your way, Simon, and we want to obviously spend most of this part really just talking about uh, the uh, the Porto match on Tuesday night. I mean, my feeling was it was it was I loved to see it actually. Real professional team performance got the job done. I loved the way they all played for each other. Actually, they were running around all night, tackling for each other. It's it was I've been saying for a while. There's something about this current Chelsea side under Tuchel that is reminding us of the great sides that we used to see. That apart from everything else were bloody minded and stubborn and didn't like to lose and it's good to see isn't it
3: absolutely yeah they're well organized they're very tough to beat um and to be honest with you i just thought porto their main tactic seemed to be let's stop chelsea and and that was it and i mean it did work um chelsea from an attacking point of view um even by their sort of standards they've they struggled going forward but they didn't string as many sort of flowing moves together as we've we've seen in recent months, but it didn't matter because even though Porto pressed very well, once they did win the ball back, they had nothing to offer in the, in the final third themselves because they were so obsessed with winning the ball back. They had no one sort of further forward to to do anything with it. So I thought it was a very sort of comfortable evening, really. I I didn't think Chelsea sort of got out nearly to get out of first gear. I'm going to have to constantly remind myself that Chelsea lost. It's the kind of, silly mistake that I'll make in my copy because I'll think oh, Chelsea Chelsea only lost once under Tuchel cool. and then i have to be reminded, oh no, there was that sort of bicycle kick out of nowhere. <laughs> in top corner. it was so uninkeeping with Portis' performance. Maybe, but, maybe
0: we can channel our inner Mourinho and go, second legs when yes. you're 2 up, do not count. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
3: exactly. So happy days as far as I'm concerned. It, it was very much, and I, I tweeted during the game, I think, that it reminded me very much of the Benfica game yes. back in 2012. I was very kind of, I'm not saying it's a repeat. <laughs> I don't want to lay the jinx on, but I I was just like this. Chelsea didn't get through against Benfica in, in great blaze of glory, but it didn't matter. They're through and that's all that matters. I've
0: got to say, and I'm really glad you said that because I'm now feeling actually, I'm actually feeling quite distraught because I've just written a piece for Football London which is alluding to every single coincidence between this season and two thousand and twelve that I could find. So, everybody, if we if it doesn't happen, it's clearly all my fault. I hope you put an asterisk, sort of. <laughs> yes, I should. I should. The, the, the opinions of the author only. This has nothing to do with football, London. I should have put, but there you go. But it was, wasn't it? I mean, Simon alluded to it, J.K. Um, you know, Porto. What on earth were they on? on? I mean, I mean, Pulisic got fouled, I think eleven times,
1: didn't he? But that, I mean, also that, that, that highlight of the completely inept referee. I mean, at least, um, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, our, our possibly our best referee, is it? what's his name? Oliver. Um,
3: Michael.
1: Uh, yeah, Michael Oliver. At least he, uh, once upon a time, I remember, uh, gave Herrera a yellow card, which had him sent off uh, for United um, against us because uh, Hazard was being serially fouled. But that seemed to be the only time anybody's ever done it. And, and you know, I always think they need to take a, a leaf out of rugby's book in there, where the referee says well actually you've been fouling quite a lot so the next person who fouls goes in the book but they don't seem ever to pay any attention to that so the very fact that you can then have Pulisic fouled exactly the same number of times as Messi for goodness sake with setting a record you just think surely the referee is going to actually give some more yellow cards we didn't do anything about it he just carried on playing and, and I mean Good luck to Pulisic, who I thought was our, our, our most dangerous attacker as a consequence. And I think is coming into his own at the moment. I'm really looking forward to uh, to what he can actually um, get away with well, well, if he isn't fouled at the weekend. He seems to be getting back to the form he had before he tore his hamstring in the cup final. And to me, he's, he's, he's looking like the best attacker. But they seemed so intent uh, uh, chopping him down all the time. As you were saying, Simon, they seem to be absolutely trying to stop Chelsea from playing rather than thinking we've got to score two goals. It was absolutely bizarre, but uh, unfortunately the, the really professional thing that we did, which is to stop them, uh, which is to, to, just not have them getting anywhere near the penalty area has been held against us as being an example <laughs> of what a, a completely toothless side we are. And but I always think the people who have held it against us are all Liverpool and Man United fans in the media who wanted, of course, Liverpool to play Chelsea in the semi-final. And then Liverpool would put us to the sword gloriously. And that, that would be, and they'd advance into the final and then beat whoever they played against. Cause that's, that's what the best team in the world is supposedly yeah, supposed BT to be. BT sport would have been effervescent. Oh, well, well, yeah, completely. Well, not even BT Sport, well, yes, BT Sport, because it couldn't have been Sky Sports, because they don't have, ever have the European anymore. But yeah, so I'm perturbed that this professional display has been turned into this uh, this kind of um, uh, no, they're not very good. Uh, the, JK, the... JK let,
0: let, let's ask Simon about this, because I know where you're coming from. I mean, you know, I know that. Well, I mean, you get upset by this. I, I wear it as a badge of honor. I, I like nothing more than Chelsea to be. It's Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like nothing more than Chelsea to be a shit house team that winds everybody up and pisses them off, and but that's that's the support coming out. What what's it like being in the media, Simon? Because I mean, I'm not saying there's a gender and bias, but there's a lot of love for teams like Liverpool and Chelsea. Do tend to get a bit of stick, don't they?
3: Absolutely. I, I don't remember. Um, you know, if Chelsea had been praised, it's sort of been almost begrudging, yeah,
0: so <laughs> damned with faint praise.
3: But but you sort of. <laughs> You know, it's not sort of damning everyone in the in, in the industry, but I think um, there's an element of the the sort of hooligan reputation mm. among the fan base. Then there's the Ken Bates era and, and some of the stuff that he got up to. And, of course, he obviously didn't um, entertain the press, or he was quite vocal against the press at times. Then you've got sort of new money, you know, that sort of lazy sort of thing that, that Chelsea are the only team in the history of football to spend money to buy players. Um yes, they've spent a lot, but you know, so of a lot of successful clubs. Um then you've got Jose Mourinho and all the antics. So I, I just think there's and and there's been a few antics, let's be fair, that Chelsea players have done. Yeah. You know, Costa, you sort of, Costa but sort of you know Ashley Cole yeah. with air rifles, um John Terry and his various yeah. sort of misdemeanors, etc., which, which sort of adds fuel to the fire of this this script of, oh Chelsea, you know, yeah. sort of they're they're not an, they're not a classy club, etc. But it's, it's all nonsense, I think. Yeah. I think um, for years, um, even when Chelsea won won trophies, it's like I said, it's been kind of praised, but through gritted yeah. teeth from, from some people. That's
0: a really interesting perspective on that. So Thank you, Simon. I mean, it, it is interesting what, what Simon says there, Mark, but back to the football, a um, couple of things, really. I mean, you, you know, again, Simon and JK both alluded to Pulisic, actually. I thought it was really important for Pulisic that match. I think it was a real kind of you know, Rubicon-crossed match, if you like, because he physically put himself on the line, and we've had doubts about not only his physicality, but his ability to withstand injury. It was almost hazard-esque in the way that he allowed himself to be kicked all match and was such a great out-ball for us, I thought. So I think he, he deserves a huge amount of praise. But I'll tell you what, you know, Jorginho, bit of a Marmite oh. player who I, I've i have often had a go at because, you know, when he deserves it, I will. But I thought he rose to the occasion,
1: Mark. He's hated him, Jorginho. Yeah. I, I, can say I don't hate didn't... anybody, Jake. You hated Jorginho. <laughs> I just liked him less than <laughs> the others. Him. I want him out," he said. I want him out. Mate, I didn't Sorry, call him. I didn't drop the
0: C bomb on him the other week like you did,
1: mate. That's true. I did So actually. let's have it right. All right. Did. He, did, he did play. He did play very badly against West Bromwich. Let's be frank. Yes. You
2: know. All right. Anyway,
0: Mark, bring some sense to the, the
2: lunacy. No, I, I, absolutely, I mean. yeah. and I can assure people in Mixler that you know Chidge and I haven't compared scripts beforehand. And I, I had two things done for tonight. <laughs> I, I'd written down hazardesque, because <laughs> I think yeah yeah they said yeah we joined at the hip here. Uh, and also, I'll, I'll come to Jorginho in a minute, but several times on the show in recent weeks, like, I've expressed concern about Pulisic and real concern, yeah, you know, that he wasn't the same player. And, yeah, you know, is it that concern about the injuries he had previously? I thought he was magnificent the other night and it was a hazardous performance. He was the go-to person. And again, it wasn't just the record-breaking 11 fouls you know, on him you yeah, if you look at the it, 55% of the fouls during the game, there's only 11 they were pulled up for, but 55%, yeah. But also if you made up the video of all the tackles and fouls on him the other night, it adds up to five minutes of 90 minutes play. Wow, He, he really absorbed so much of the pressure for us the other night. And I thought it was absolutely magnificent. And I think, you know, I know we'll talk later about the likely team. He has to play tomorrow. Mm, you yeah, know, he, mm. he really is the outlet. And, you know, if that's, him coming into the latter part of the season when it really matters and he carries that form in. That That's something to look forward to. In terms of Jorginho, I'm like yourself. Yeah, you know, I've been critical of him, but what I've always said, the type of player Jorginho is, there's certain games that actually suits him. And I thought it suited him the other night. And I was actually looking at Football 365 today because yeah, a friend of mine, Danny Ford, who I mentioned on the show before, uh, or sort of like sent it to me by WhatsApp. And there's a really good article in there. And I urge people to go and look at it where he says, you know, Jorginho is now non-negotiable, you know, in terms of he has to be in the team. Yeah. And they, and, and it's an honest article. They actually say about Jorginho, he is a limited footballer. You know, he's not N'Golo Kante where, you know, from a, a media point of view, there is a lot of, a lot of love for, they basically say Jorginho is slow. He's not hugely creative. Yeah. And it actually says he doesn't shoot as less, it's from the penalty spot. But he's very, 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 very slow. And he is, you know, but at the same point, they say the role he plays the other night, you know, and it wasn't necessarily picked up when BT are having their love in about Kante. But actually, he did more than anybody the other night, you know. You know, he completed more tackles. Yeah, you know, he did more interceptions, you know. Uh, and, you know, he completed more passes, you know. So, again, you know. Some of them were forward. When someone does something good. I think we have to sort of pat him on the back. And again, like the first leg, uh, I thought he had another good game the other night. It suited him you know, right down to the ground. So he had a poor game against West Brom. Yeah, absolutely no doubt about that. But he was good against Palace, good the other night. Well done to him.
0: Yeah, well done. Simon, where do you stand on Jorginho? Because it is quite an interesting issue with, with Chelsea supporters.
3: Well, I, I, tie, um, I tie Jorginho and Kovacic together. Um, you don't and, uh, call
0: them that blimmin' job. No, no no, no. no, I don't. I, I'm <laughs> I'm one of those
3: that's been um unconvinced
0: yeah, well, like me. about the
3: two of them from from very early on actually. Um that's not to say they they don't have good games, they occasionally do, but i I'm, I'm I think I think the moment those two play together, you're already two men down in terms of assists and goals. Mm. And I'm not saying that that position is, is that's what it's all about, but it then puts pressure on players further forward. Now, I actually wrote, I, I saw it was a flip of a coin about six weeks ago, six, eight weeks ago. It's a flip of coin, which of the players I went for, Kovacic or Jorginho. I ended up sort of outing myself as a Kovacic doubter, not for the first time in the Athletic, but I went, look, even I have to admit he's playing well at the moment and i still got loads of stick. Um, <laughs> Liam loves him. I'm very much the kind of mm, I'm not sure he's the long-term answer, but Jorginho, I, I just think, I just think like you've raised too slow, and his passing is is more often than not pretty ineffective. But there are games where it works, and and in fairness to him, the way he played against Crystal Palace after having an absolute stinker against West Brom, full credit to him. Yeah. But I do think if Chelsea can get money for him. They should
0: take it. Well, if Sari goes to Spurs, he could be off there, and that'll be funny. Um, <laughs> what I would say, what I would say, um, J.K., is that I wonder. I mean, you know, we could all pitch in with this a bit. I've been thinking about this for a while, and I'm, I might, I might pen something on this because it's been, it's been lodging in me brain. I remember for years the reasons why I ask you first, J.K., because you you've been on I'm you, the oldest
1: member here. You are
0: actually, even though we'd been going for about five years by the time you turned up. But anyway uh it might in
1: age rather than Oh being... that's
0: true yeah but we it, I think actually it might predate you this but i remember i used to coat Mikkel, religiously for years and years and years and then you know I... Lynn,
1: who I sit next to she absolutely hated
0: him. yeah well i used to coat him off all the time and then i had this almost damasian conversion before munich 2012 it has to be said i suddenly it suddenly twigged Actually, in the midst all these great, in, what he was doing, yeah, but in amongst all these great players in the midfield that Chelsea had, you know, the Michael Essien's, the Ballacks, the Lampard's, Cole, actually, Mikel did exactly what he was there to do, and he was brilliant at it, and and it's, it finally clicked with me, and then of course he went on, I think, to be the man of the match in the most important match we've ever had, so I I, I have this doubt. I mean, maybe maybe Jorginho... He's unfairly treated, perhaps by me.
1: I don't know. What do you think? And he's going to have the greatest game of his life. in the He'll Champions be man League. of
0: the match at the Champions League final. <laughs> exactly, JK. Exactly Got it in one.
1: <laughs> but no, Lynn used to say, he passes backwards and sideways. What does he do? What, what, is, what does he do exactly? And I used to say, but he plays, he plays much further up for Nigeria. So he must be a better player than you think he is. Because he's obviously in a position here where he's doing a job. I said, he's linking them together. But yeah, yeah, there is a there is a, a, something to be said. I'm just amused by the fact that he seems, and apart from the West the West Brom. I mean, just how can I put it? Um, I don't. I almost use the c-word again. I, I, I um, kind of <laughs> don't, don't, debacle. Debacle. No, don't, 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 do than aren't. I mean, it seems that we've seen him so often be put under pressure and losing the ball and be slow and can't get back. And we wrote him off. Everybody's written him off, as we did with both of them and said, let's get rid of them. And the next transfer, when do we want them out? And then Tuchel comes in and they have a function. And and yes, I'd be intrigued to see what team Tuchel would end up with if they're going to get rid of him and what other players he's allowed in. If, if he's allowed any in at all I mean no knowing what happened on a you know Marina might say no we're not you'll just have to work with the players you've got in which case um will we be seeing him sold will we be seeing people coming in but I I honestly think they're getting better I think Kovacic and he are understanding what's going on I mean as I keep going on about this what he said at the beginning Ducal was it's a song that everybody has to learn that's what he said in one of the first presses and they're all learning the song and they're all getting better at doing what he wants so the more they get better at it does it is it necessary to have have other players in that if these players are doing the job for him and i, I honestly think that Jorginho is playing better and better since the since Ducal's come in so uh um, You know, let's see, let's see.
2: But I, 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 I you know, I'm, know, i I'm sorry, I've run out of steam now. Come what on, Mark, about.
0: very quickly, because we got David waiting in the wings. So. No, it was just
2: very quickly. There was, was two things I said. If this is American football, he'd be a special teams player, mm. you know, like like a field goal kicker. He, he cannot play 38 games a season because it, you know, right. you know, I agree with what Simon's basically saying. He, he's only effective in certain things, uh, and also if it if it is about songs, there's only certain songs he can sing. Right okay and want, so, and
3: I'll, I'll quickly jump in oh yeah 10 seconds what another reason why i'm a little bit perturbed is i think billy gilmore i know he's really raw but potentially he's a better player oh. uh, undoubtedly and it's been quite sad to see how he's yeah. been treated since he's one of the negatives of two cool, um, so far, and quickly, uh Mikel, I don't know whether you read the piece. Not it sounds like I'm plugging myself, but the interview I did with him, and he sort of. I asked him about this, you know, having to play deep at Chelsea. He said, "Well, well, someone has to be back there." Yeah. He was like, yeah, it, was, "It was Lampard, Balak, I guess, yeah. he's, he was going like someone had to defend." And I think there's part of him that was obviously. Uh, well, he played number bad. ten for
0: Nigeria,
3: didn't he? Yeah. So he, he, yeah, was, he and, yeah. And Nigerian fans blame Reno for ruining Macau in wow. terms of his um standing like they think he could have been a world star cuz he finished second to Messi in a in a youth tournament um you know his best player but um, but anyway yeah, yeah I, no that's I, a good point
0: listen before before we let you go simon i just want to cuz i mean you and i had a, a hilarious little text conversation after i asked you to come on and we were we were talking about the fact that we've got we've got real madrid you know in the semi final um but you know what what do you think about getting real madrid in the semi do we have a good chance
3: yeah i mean you'd rather chelsea be it sounds. Who would have thought we'd ever say this? You'd rather Chelsea face for Real Madrid than, than the other two. Um, mm. I think you know City, PSG are better sides. Uh, Real Madrid have got the know-how, so Chelsea will still be the underdogs because Real Madrid have have reached sort of four four or five finals in the last six seven years. Um, so yeah, you, you make the favourites. Um, Zidane, of course, there's the reunion with Thibaut Courtois, possibly mm. Hazard if he's fit uh, or remotely fit. But I think Chelsea, you know, they've got a chance for sure because they don't concede goals, but they're going to have to be far more clinical. They're going to have to be at their clinical best uh, to go through the final. But um, Does that mean no Werner? Well, I have i don't know whether you guys saw, I wrote a piece um, after the Palace game saying Werner has now got to wait for his chance to get back in the team again. I think uh, the, the front three, I mean Havertz isn't an ideal false nine, but he has potential to lead the line quite well. And I just think they look good with Mount and and Poulosite. I mean, Poulosite, as you, as you've already said, Jonathan, that, that he looks like potentially could have the same end to this season as he had the last one. It's just, can his body hold up? It's been the biggest problem for him since he joined the club. And in fact, throughout his career he just keeps picking up these injuries and that was one of the things about the porter game wasn't it every time he went to the yeah. ground he went oh no yeah oh no well, just as he's yeah. getting confident right.
1: every single time that's right but
3: it'll, he's looking it'll... good he's looking at and I, and I think that's exactly the kind of player that the Real Madrid defence don't want to face with yeah. Werner I, I find his technique a bit questionable let alone his finishing yeah. um a super sub perhaps. Yeah, you might maybe. do a Torres. Well,
0: I I'm hoping that he will, Simon. I've got an Im- I mean the images have already been put up in this wonderful modern world of uh uh Timo's head put on Torres's body to replicate <laughs> what happened to Barcelona. Look, finally, 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 before we let you go, we've got City tomorrow in the FA Cup semi-final. Yeah. What do you reckon's gonna to happen tomorrow?
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, you gotta make Man City strong favourites. Um, Chelsea's record against City is pretty, pretty bad in, in recent years, and one can still have memories. Of the last time they faced each other, that's what I'm really interested in seeing. Is um, that game? Of course, um, <laughs> I, I remember it for a number of reasons because uh, controversially, we were we were finishing putting our finishing touches to the the Lampard's going to go story, which um, we yeah, got a of lot course. of stick for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually that as that game was going on, I was writing the the big read that went with it um because there was the fear that he might actually go that night so <laughs> i was I, I was only kind of partly paying attention but i just, i remember it being an absolute shambles yeah i think hopefully chelsea will be a lot tougher to beat this time and you know city perhaps they'll be a little bit distracted um you know they've got a league cup final coming up but i've argued on straight out of cobham that brighton could actually be a bigger game no
0: no it's the fa cup simon come on yeah yeah i
3: know i know but i'm i'm thinking with i'm think, i'm taking my traditionalist hat off and i always need to wear a hat in my condition
0: do do you know what i'm (laughs) holding you know what i'm holding out for because you as you i've already revealed i love a coincidence and all of that uh, and serendipity what I want to happen is that we win the FA Cup, we win the Champions League final, and we finish fifth, and Spurs finish fourth.
3: <laughs> you, you want ultimate symmetry? Don't I do. You? There's nothing like a little bit of history and do, repeating. And do you want Harry Redknapp in the in the ground as well? Oh, soft. wouldn't that be joyous? It would
0: be joyous. I <laughs> to wish see it in the flesh. Yeah, and I wish we could all be there to sing. Are you watching Tottenham like we did in 2012? <laughs> but there you go, Simon. You've been nothing short of stellar, and it's so lovely to finally have you on the Chelsea fancast. No we, worries. We will. We will We'll ply you with beer and get you back on a Monday, so you can have to put up with us for two hours of nonsense sometime in the future. Because that would be a real treat for us. But thank you so much for coming on; it's been a real delight,
3: mate. My, my pleasure, guys, and uh, yeah, enjoy the game on on Saturday. Um, I hope Chelsea. Uh turn up for a FA Cup semi-final against Man City. Well, at that time.
0: Well, I certainly hope so. Simon, good to see you, mate. We'll see you again soon, hopefully. And there you go. Thank you, massive. Thank you, Simon Johnson from The Athletic there. Now, after this very quick break, we've got the lovely David Walker from Red But Never Red to talk to us about the FA Cup semi-final against Man City from the Man City perspective. Mmm. Right, welcome uh, back to the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stamford Chidge, of course, and uh, we've just had the brilliant uh, Simon Johnson from The Athletic on. Uh, uh, we have got, of course, uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd.
1: Great to be here. Wasn't Simon fabulous? I oh. know.
0: How remiss of me not to get him on Good years call. ago. You know, what a plonker yeah. I am. How dare you, Chidge. I know all these people. I'm just lazy and
1: rubbish. Isn't that true, JK? Oh, your, your book of, of, of contacts yeah. is as long as, as my stairway. Which is very long. Very long, very long. <laughs> I'm glad you said stairway, then, JK. Uh, we've also
0: got the delightful Mark Meehan on tonight.
2: Good evening, and your book of contact is probably as long as my hair is at the moment and is badly in need of a cut, but well, well, that will happen very soon. <laughs> I
0: have to say, Mark, I would argue that when it comes to former Chelsea players, your contact book is, is longer than mine.
2: Yeah, mightily that impressive. And that was I was a had a good day today because like um, I had a catch up with Nigel Spackman. We had had a coffee, and then it was just one of those weird moments where because I I haven't been in a pub since before Christmas. And we were next, we we're having a coffee, and we, there was a pub next door, and there was space outside, and just thought, you know what, just, you know, a friend of mine is with us, like Ashley, Ashley, Roll, and we said, I've sod it, let's go out to the pub for a cheeky pint, and it was <laughs> fantastic, just, just sitting out, just talking football which backers, you know, and what the likely team and what the result will be tomorrow. So it was just a lovely moment today, really enjoyable. Great stuff.
0: Now, as you all know, it is time for this The Opposition View. That's right, it's time for The Opposition View. And uh, as you know, you know, this was something that we kind of did when we were doing the, uh, the, the incarnation of this, which was on the Love Sports show. And I remember we did speak to this fine man several times when it got to talking about Man City. So I'm really both delighted and privileged to have back on the Chelsea fan cast uh, David Walker from Red But Never Red. Hello,
4: David. How are you? Hello, Dave. I'm fine, mate. I just wondered if you could pick me up a little bit more, please. It's underplaying it a wee bit. <laughs> the absolutely stratospherically
0: brilliant, even though he's a City fan, David Walker. How's that? Can I say... Yeah, that? We get, we're <laughs> getting
1: there. Legend. Yeah, legend.
0: Good? Legend would be good. Yeah, 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 that would be good. David, no, it's really lovely to have you back on because, I mean, I think I think what John, Jonathan and I particularly enjoy when we used to speak to you, you, you talk about City with... Honesty, really and, and and as well as a huge amount of intelligence which makes it obviously highly suitable for this show <laughs> no no it couldn't possibly be true let's kick off let's kick off really about city who of course are still in four in all four competitions I mean I'm absolutely certain they're going to win uh, the premier League i'm I'm absolutely certain they're going to beat Spurs and they better beat Spurs next week um <laughs> I, obviously, I don't want them to win the FA Cup because we're in it. And then, and then there's a bit of a the jury's still out with the Champions League because we may end up facing each other. But yeah, how, mate, how, mate. How, how realistic is the quadruple for City? And more to the point, what's, what's the priority or priorities for Pep?
4: Right. Winning the quadruple, obviously, it would be a unique you know, achievement. It's dreaming the impossible dream. But with every game, it edges a little bit closer to pos, you know, being possible. Uh, but as a City fan, I think we we, we, we have this typical City uh, mindset of years ago that we'll never quite get there. So the quadruple is most definitely on, but I can somehow see it coming unstuck somewhere, but I don't know where. In terms of the priorities, the priority every season is to win the Premier League. Man City get a lot of grief for never having won the Champions League. But in fairness, we've only really been competing in it for... 10 11 years and it takes it's taken teams a lot longer than that to win the champions league premier league priority champions league for me not for every city fan fa cup league cup Mm,
0: that's interesting i mean it's interesting what you say about the champions league because i mean i think the common you're right you said every a lot of city fans but not me uh don't don't aren't really bothered with the champions league What, what 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 have they got against the champions league david it's it's the history with UEFA.
4: Uh, it goes back a long way in terms of UEFA have constantly tried to stitch us up on FFP. But that's a whole new topic. That's, you know, that's three hours of discussion, that one. Um, but they also stitched us up a long time ago when we were playing CSKA Moscow and Moscow had a ban on fans. Sit And it was only imposed at the 11th hour that no fans were going to be allowed in. We had so many city fans had booked trips to Moscow. They got the tickets for the game, none of which was refundable and certainly wasn't by UEFA. Um, so it's it's a lot of enmity between ourselves and UEFA. And because, of course, the Champions League is their, it's their, their centre show, their centrepiece, and there's just a feeling of distrust with UEFA because of everything that's gone on over the years, and... Um, And I think in recent years, without sounding like sour grapes, we've always gone out in controversial circumstances, either with VAR or with the handball with Laurenti at Tottenham when we thought we'd scored the winner in the last minute. We had the controversy of the coach being smashed up at Liverpool and everything that derived from that. So I just think there's a lot of enmity between City and UEFA and certainly the fans. But personally, and I think there's more and more coming round to it, we want to win it, if only to stick the middle finger up to UEFA and say, we've actually won your your showpiece.
0: I mean, it's really interesting to hear that because, I mean, I think all three of us here will recognise that actually, uh, bar a few uh, unseemly uh, events uh, in Moss Side back in the day, there's not a huge amount of enmity between City and Chelsea supporters and in fact actually a lot of them a lot of us would recognise there's a lot of similarities between the two clubs and the support actually more to the point and it's really interesting to hear you talk about the Champions League because that could have been the Chelsea supporters speaking we have absolutely no love for UEFA and possibly for similar reasons they have no love for us and I mean I I remember after we beat um, goodness me it might have been Liverpool in the Champions League. Uh, and it was the year they held it in Rome. And we were all, we, the whole stadium was singing, Fuck you, AFA, we're going to Rome. Do you remember that, Mark?
2: I do. I do. And I think the other thing I'd say there is such a similarity between us, you know, even going back years, you know, I've always seen us as the man city of the South mm. and city of the Chelsea. Not, not the, the man North.
0: United of the South, like Peter, what's his name, wanted.
2: Exactly, never, never, never the Man United of the South for me. It's always been Man City. And and even if you go back in history, you know, you know, when we had Ken Bates as chairman, they had Peter Swales, you know, two people cut from the same cloth. And then the pair of them conspired between them to come up with the full members' cup. <laughs> and then when they got on the semi final draw, the pair of them made damn sure that it was a Chelsea Man City <laughs> final. And what a final it was! What a, what a final, final it,
0: was. it was! Absolutely yeah. right. No, we, we we still talk about that regularly, David. Actually, I mean, I'm sure you lot don't because uh, obviously you lost. But there you go. Listen, <laughs> we, we, we we should we should talk about. Um, I mean, you know, obviously you just come off the back of the Champions League win against Dortmund. You played yeah. a day later than us. Um, I, I didn't see the match, so I don't know if it was a, a tough gig or not. But um, is is Pep likely to make a lot of changes for tomorrow?
4: I hope he doesn't. I, I mean, we've had 28 out of 30, 28 wins from the last 30 games. Pep has rotated, rotated, rotated. He probably will to some degree tomorrow. Uh, certainly not to the degree that he did prior to the Dortmund game with the Leeds game, which was a, which, uh, there was an abomination. Um, he needs to put out the strongest 11. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the starting 11 from Dortmund, But I think that tomorrow's game is the toughest game that we're going to face or will have faced this season. So I think at most you'll probably do three changes. But for the Leeds game, we did seven. And there were some players who really shouldn't have even been near the ground, let alone on the pitch.
0: Mm. Why why do you say it's going to be the toughest game of the season?
4: I think since Thomas Tuchel's come in, he's made Chelsea, he's, he's put the structure into your play. There's more discipline. You're obviously much harder to beat because there's only the baggies have managed to do that and that has to go down as a fluke. Um, I did think Frank Lampard was possibly shortchanged at the time, but proof's in the pudding. You know, Tuchel has put you back on track. At the time when Super Frankie left you, you know, a Champions League play seemed a million miles away. So I did feel sorry for him. And we've got a little bit of a soft spot for Frank Lampard because he had that one city with ourselves. Yeah. But no, you're, you're a tough gig and you're a hard team to break down. Uh, you'll press hard. We'll press hard. I think. It, I think it'll be quite an energetic game tomorrow. I don't think we'll cancel each other out. I think it will be high tempo, which I think suits both sides.
0: That's really interesting, actually, uh, David. Because I mean, last week, Jonathan, we were saying, weren't we? In fact, it was Monday. It seems like ages ago, but it was it was Monday. We were we were really impressed with how Chelsea played against um, Palace, and we were saying apart from the fact that we were playing in sky blue or whatever weird color they call it. Um, there was, there was, it was city-esque, wasn't it? The way we pinged the ball around, it was really quite a joy to watch.
1: 45 minutes, 35 minutes. Yeah. I think said it was completely magnificent. I mean, that's what well, I keep going on about it, but the crispness of the passing uh, and the speed of it is, um, well, it's slightly reminiscent of when Frank first came to the club um, uh, the beginning of last season, when I got all euphoric and eulogistic about it, and then it all fell apart. But uh, um, but no, they're um, they they have that as a kind of basis, uh, which is this ability to to pass in situations where you think they're not going to get the ball to anybody, which is uh, which just um, is is very clever and very well drilled. But also the other thing to remember is that Tuchel will be looking at the Man City side to find a way to stop them from playing because this is what he did with, with um, uh, Atleti and it's what he did, uh, and uh, his analysis of Porto as well. I mean, one thing we didn't discuss at the end of the Porto game was the fact that their manager came up to Tuchel and had a go at him, as did as did um, uh, the ex-Real Madrid centre-half, what's his name? PP. Pee- 13- Pee- yeah, PP, Pee- yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pee- and, and abused him. And Tuchel apparently told him to f off. I don't know whether that was true or not. I hope, but, I hope, it's, but, true. But, I hope it's true. But the very fact that they were they were throwing at us, I think it's non football again because there were we were suppressing them, we were stopping them from playing. Well, fair enough. Now if Tuchel can apply this to City, I'll be intrigued. And I think I think David's absolutely right. I think they are a completely different kettle of fish to any to any side that any Chelsea side that's played them earlier on this season. Because he's organised them so well, and it'll be it'll be a very interesting match up. I'm I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it. As a consequence,
0: mm. so that that having been said, David, and I, I, mean, I thank you all for obviously clarifying. What I didn't realise was that actually that we we are quite a, a tough test these days. But uh, one one player who's who's I think really come into his own, and I, and I I look at this quite closely. You know, one with an England eye on, but the other with a. You know, this is a kid that's come up through City's academy and actually Pep, I think, has managed, you know, incredibly carefully. He's not been quick to rush him in and, and maybe, maybe that was the right thing to do. Uh, and he's beginning to really, really blossom, I think. And that's Philip Foden, David. I mean, how how important is he becoming for City?
4: Well, Foden is becoming an integral part of the team. Um Pep took pelters off people for three years. Oh, put him out on loan, do this, do that. He's stifling him. There was an idiot off the sun who said, oh, Foden signed a six-year contract to be sitting on the bench for six years. It was complete baloney. Uh, Pep has, has brought him through. I remember Pep saying, why would you want to go out on loan when he can have training sessions with Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva and learn from these guys? Um, and this season, he's become so much more um, resolute in terms of his his capabilities, he's there. He's he's a superstar in the making, and he's pretty well down that road already. And as things stand, he gets in. He's one of the first names on the team sheet. He's not. Oh, shall we put him in or not? He's got the intelligence. He's got the skill. He's got the energy of youth. Um, and at this this season of all seasons, there's been such a busy season with back to back games. He is indispensable. And if he doesn't start at Wembley tomorrow, well, God help us. Um, he's got to be on that team sheet. And he is going to be a Manchester City legend because he's a fan. Hopefully he's there for, well, the duration of his entire
2: career. Mark? yeah, David, the question I was going to ask was actually about Foden. And, yeah, obviously he does mirror um, sort of like Mason Mount on our side. He is becoming like an essential player at Man City and first name on the team sheet. Looking at the side that sort of played the other night, you obviously had Mahrez, De Bruyne, and, and Foden up front. Sterling's out of the side at the moment. So if you're thinking about the side tomorrow, yeah, I can't see Foden making way. I can't see De Bruyne making way. Do you think Sterling will play tomorrow up front with, you know, or will he keep the same sort of top three as he played the other night?
4: Well, personally, I hope he goes with the same top three, which wouldn't have always been the case. But you know what they say about class being permanent and form being temp- form being temporary unfortunately raheem has had a dip in form at the present time it's been going on i don't know half a dozen matches so i would put mara's in ahead of sterling which is something i wouldn't have always said but at the moment that i'd go with that i'd go with the same the same front three but when we're playing this false number 9 we can interchange it. We can have Kevin de Bruyne as the false nine. You can have Gundogan. You can have Bernardo. That's what help hopefully gives us the edge on a lot of the teams because they don't actually know who they're going to be coming up against on in the front line.
1: Mm. Um, David, to, 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 rather David, um, right. why has John Stones become so good? What has happened to change his? Uh, um, his uh, his form over the last year because he he seems to have improved out of all the um, uh, dimensions yeah. the guys had a complete renaissance hasn't he yeah I think I think for maybe a couple
4: of transfer windows if somebody had come in with an acceptable offer he would have gone and the the strange thing about this season if Eric Garcia had committed to City rather than saying he wants to go back to Barcelona it wouldn't have surprised me if John Stones had been sold last summer. What he's done, apparently, he's got his personal life sorted because that was there was all manner of things going on there and personal turbulence. But he's just stuck at it. He's he's got rid of the injuries that had be, you know bedeviled him and obviously stopped the rhythm of his play. And the guy has just got to have full marks for having the self-confidence and the self-belief to come through, re-impose himself, reinvigorate his career. And I think you cannot underestimate the the uh, influence of Ruben Dias though by his side. Dias has come in it's a bit early to say he's Vincent Company-esque it's been one season but he's had such a profound influence I think that aligned to Stones' determination to get back on track and to realise his potential apart from that little blip for England and we thought oh no please don't regress back to the old John Stones he's been uh, he's been an absolute stalwart but strangely enough if Pep is to make changes it wouldn't surprise me if Amir Laporte comes in for John Stones purely for the rotation nothing to do with the actual uh, form
0: so i mean that having been said david and i, I agree with you both actually i think john stones uh, has has absolutely you know revitalized his career at city and is looking like the player we all thought he would be so how how do we get at you tomorrow? I mean, is, is it is it, you know, really pressing, you know, from the front, which is something that Tuchel likes to do, putting your defence under pressure. Uh and and then and then seeing how we do with that. Is that the way to get at you?
4: Interesting question. Um, as I said before, I think both teams will go with the with the high press. Mm. Um we're normally very composed at the mm. back. When we first got Edison in there, he just transformed it, and he play, you know strokes the ball around. Uh, I think your man is probably for us. It's uh, Pulisic is the main man. That's the guy who can causes some uh, some big problems. Uh, Mounts obviously excellent. He can strike from outside the box. It's a difficult one to see where we are at our most you know at our weakest. I suppose it would normally be on the counter attack, but I wouldn't expect you to play that way. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Chelsea are going to, you know, get to us, get rounders or whatever, because the centre back pairing, even if it's Laporte or Diaz or if it's Stones, it's very solid. Um, depends who we play at left back. If we play Cancelo, who is a right footed player, so you could potentially get some joy down the left flank because Cancelo is excellent going forward, but he hasn't, he's not a vintage full uh, fullback and certainly not a natural left back. It's Alonso all over again. Yeah, you could well. Yeah, I can understand you saying that. Yeah, depends. We might play Zinchenko, he's naturally left-footed, uh, not as speedy, but he's a solid guy. But if the, if there is a weakness, I'd say it's whether or not you can get it as down the left flank.
0: Mm, interesting. So, I mean, how do you think it's going to go tomorrow? I mean, we all think it, we we would say we were underdogs going into this. Although, I mean, one thing I'm I, we're beginning to discover, and we have been discovering recently funny isn't it when you 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 live in a we live in a little bit of a Chelsea bubble and we pick holes in in a lot of things that we can see that aren't quite right and I keep hearing a lot of other people saying oh you know Chelsea have actually got probably the second best squad in the league to City so you know I still think that you know that not notwithstanding we are still very much underdogs tomorrow but how do you see it going David?
4: I agree that you are underdogs but you are more than capable of springing a surprise. And if we were to lose, it wouldn't be a massive surprise. Now, I don't want to play down my side's chances and I don't want to be pessimistic. I think we are capable of winning. I think we will win. Tight game, maybe 2-1. Mm. But um, no, look, I honestly think, you know, with the, with Tuchel coming in, he's improved you to a level that you are difficult to beat. And I think there will only be a goal in it either way.
0: Mm. Interesting stuff. You reckon 2-1, Yeah. Yeah. OK, fair enough. David, you have been uh, nothing short of brilliant, as I knew you would be. It's been absolutely lovely to speak to you again, actually. we, As I said, we used to love speaking to you when we were on Love Sport. Um, with a bit of luck, we can get you back on May the 7th, because, of course, we play you again in the league. And Lord help us, there's still a chance that we might be meeting up on the 29th of May. I mean, do you think that might be might be a possibility?
4: It has to be. There's a, You know, I say only. There's only PSG and Real Madrid to prevent yeah. it happening. Who are they?
0: they have- Who are they? Come on.
4: Silly. I mean we'll get the turkey out I don't know about the Christmas crackers but my goodness what a way to end the season we can have Sergio Aguero come on as a last minute sub and seal the deal and we win the champions league yes okay
0: well uh, (laughs) if if, if we're not in it i would uh i I don't often say this actually because normally i hate any other I'm, i'm very much of the the andy goldstein school that i hate everybody in europe that's english other than us but i have to say i i wouldn't begrudge city winning the champions league if we were not able to win it i have to say that um and i and i wish you luck obviously for the rest of the season um it's always, uh, you know, if you know anybody but Liverpool, for me, in the Premier League. I was going to say, League, we share a common loathing, don't we? We do share a common loathing of the Scousers, the Red Scousers, as it should be. Uh, but I do wish you luck. I don't think you're going to need much luck to win the Premier League this season. I think that's a shoo-in. But clearly, I don't wish you luck tomorrow. But other than that, it's been great to speak to you, and hopefully we'll speak to you again soon. Very kind of you,
4: Dave. Thanks very much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. There
0: you go. That's David Walker there from... Uh, Read, but never read. Um, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you've got a very broad mind about football and you don't just live in a Chelsea world like we all do, David's blogs on City are really, really, really worth reading because they're, they're hugely intelligent and, and really well written. So there you go. We will be back in a minute to give you our version of events of what we think is going to happen tomorrow.
2: fans
3: real opinions I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast up the Football
1: footballfancast.com
0: right welcome back this is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show with me Stanford Chidge and uh, Mr Jonathan Kidd
1: hello everybody
0: and the absolutely brilliant—I mean, the—I the, mean, he, Mark's knowledge puts me and Jonathan to shame. It's such an honour having Mark on the show. Mark, me, and everybody—yay!
2: Absolutely. Get out of your blue flags and your celery. Chelsea's yeah. got a win at Wembley. Yes,
0: indeed. It's exciting, isn't it? Now, before we get into that excitement, I've got something almost as exciting to tell you. But um, as you all know, we've been doing this thing. For the last few weeks, with football prizes, or at football underscore prizes on Twitter, uh, and every week they uh, put a signed Chelsea shirt into a competition where you can pay. Usually, it's either four ninety five or five ninety five to get a ticket, which will enter you into a draw, which they they pick out a, a random ball, not a hot ball or a cold ball like the FA do, but a random ball. Uh, up to 99, they sell 99 tickets, and if they pick your number out, you win the signed and framed shirt. Uh, now, as you know, last week they had Mason Mount, which was a real big ticket item, and it it was such a big ticket item, they had to do the draw early, because the tickets all sold out within about three days, so a lot of you missed out. So you need to, if you snooze, you lose, I think is the... Uh, the moral of that story. Anyway, this week, next Wednesday, they've got quite an interesting one coming up because they've got a signed and framed shirt with the signature being Thomas Tuchel. And he's chosen the number one shirt, which doesn't augur well for Kepper or Mendy in my book if uh, Tommy Tuchel's going to be our number one. But nevertheless, uh, a Tommy Tuchel signed and framed shirt is up for grabs next Wednesday. So if you want to get on that, get a piece of that action, then you need to uh, go to the web address, which I think is um, footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash too cool. But uh, fear not. I have it um, logged on our Twitter, on on Chelsea Fancast Twitter page. It's pinned. So it's the first tweet you will see on our feed Uh, or at Chelsea FanCast, and it's also on our Facebook page, at Chelsea FanCast. So if you want to enter into that draw, go either there and you'll find the correct link, and you can go and buy a ticket to be entered into the Thomas Tuchel signed uh, and framed shirt draw. So there you go. Now, as I said, marginally more exciting than that is the fact that we have yet another, another semi-final. Uh, I mean, it's just... I mean, for all three of us sitting around this table, it, it it's almost... I, I don't know how they feel. I, I shall ask them. But it's almost beyond comprehension when I, I sit here talking about, you know, the stats that Chelsea now have. 25, uh, 25th appearance in, a, in an FA Cup semi-final going back to 1911 when JK first started going. Um, we've reached the last four... 1905. I I, I know, but you were at the 1911 semi-final that I do know. We've reached the semi-final in in at least one competition in 25 of the last 31 series. Um, It'll be our 15th appearance in a final since 1915. Should we get through? Uh, I mean, it it just. I mean, this is this is our fourth. Will be well, if that happens, it'll be our fourth FA Cup final appearance in five seasons. I mean, Mark, you know, we all grow up. You know, you, Jonathan grew up watching... I mean, when Jonathan first went, it was in the early 60s. We were in Division 2 when you first started going. we just won the FA Cup, and then it was doom and gloom. It. I, I have to pinch myself sometimes to think the number of times we've been to Wembley. We've been to Wembley more times than any other club, I think, in, in modern... In, well, it might not. It might be... Yeah, it's... it's OK, the, the new Wembley. We've had 23 appearances at the new Wembley. Man United are, are next with 19. It's astonishing, isn't
2: it? Oh, it's it's incredible. And I think back sort of to the nineteen nineties, and, and that's when I was doing the Chelsea Independent fanzine, you know. And I remember even putting on the cover, like you know, we really just want success for this club, you know, brilliant support. And the amount of times we always fell sort of like you know, at the final hurdle. So you know, I'd have just taken one FA Cup win, you know, just one cup final. So I'd I'd, I'd have died happy in nineteen ninety seven, like you know, just winning the FA Cup. But the amount of times we've won since. And especially since the new Wembley, as you said, it's become our second home. Now, I think the only thing I would say is then, if you've seen it this week, um, they've they've opened the new staircase at Wembley, you know, the Olympic Steps. You know, so if we were there tomorrow, yeah, we yeah, and we'd spent the morning in the pub, we'd have a bloody steep climb up the stairs before before the game because they've got rid of the ramps going into Wembley yeah. now and they put a staircase in, which just looks ridiculous. Like you're going to be knackered, but you know. We'll Have to wait and see when we get back there next season. Jonathan's so, no.
0: looking absolutely
2: horrified here, <laughs> JK. You know, go online the amount of bloody stairs they put he, in he'll now. You'll never you know,
0: get his Zimmer frame up there,
2: mate. i tell you, <laughs> from a disability point of view, as well. I was quite surprised because yeah. again, from a ramp,
1: yeah, you know, someone's in a wheelchair,
2: so unless they put lifts somewhere, you know, it's a bloody great staircase now. So, you know, that's a bit of a everyone, but that's that. I, I digress, you know, when Wembley is our second home, you know. This competition is our competition. You know, we've been in sort of like three out of the last four finals. Yeah. And hopefully tomorrow, you know, we'll, we'll make another final. Can I mean, I abseil?
0: Can you
1: abseil? Yeah, up it. I don't know. Can you? Right yeah. after. Well, Well, I could. Well, I'll get a mate to hold a rope at the top and pull myself up, if necessary. I'll have a look. Where
2: can you look on this? On the Wembley site? Is it on the... Uh... Yeah, they, I think they put some comms out yesterday. You know, you know, they had, they had a load of blokes in hard hats, you know, strategically right. you know, spaced out on the steps. of. we're opening the Olympic steps. And I just thought, where's the ramp gone?
0: Mm, interesting stuff. I mean, it is, it is, it is brilliant, um, JK. But I have to say, what was quite interesting, cause you know I like to do a little bit of, of uh, homework, you know. I, I, I put a bit of stuff together. And I, I looked at Chelsea's head-to-head record uh, against City in the FA Cup. And I have to say, it makes us some rather salutary reading. Uh, that We've only met them six times. Um, we met them in, uh, first of all, in, in 1915. Uh, which, if memory serves me correct, we actually... Well, I know we beat them. We beat them 2-1. But, of course, that year we went on to lose to Sheffield United in the Kharki Cup final, didn't we?
1: We did, unfortunately. You were there. At Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, 1948, uh, we lost two nil. Uh, this would have been in an early round because that would have been January. In 1971, Mark and J.K. Uh, when, as as cup holders, we lost to them three nil.
1: a very good side then, if you remember.
0: Yeah, and that would have been again, probably well early early round. It was January the 23rd, so First round fourth round
1: exactly it's be disappointing i remember being that that being yeah, that. We
2: yeah got but passed out in the third round and then lost to city it was it was on match of the day that night as well yeah because we played in yellow and blue and city played in red and black mm.
0: well we got the last laugh that season because of course we knocked them out of the european cup winners cup semi-final over two legs to uh to to then go on and beat of course real madrid in the final so you know all was not lost uh of course recent memory um this was alluded to by both david and simon i think uh we lost two one uh to them in two thousand and thirteen now the re- i remember this really really well because it was the first f a cup semi final uh of uh, well since of well this this century shall we say 'cause i didn't i didn't make uh ninety ninety seven Uh, for various reasons, or 94. But uh, it's the first semi-final I missed this century because I had been filming in Dubai. And I thought I'd worked it out to a treat, that I would get back in time to at least watch it on television. I knew I couldn't go, which is a real pisser. I got the timings horrifically wrong, so I was up in the air about 35,000 feet in the air, with no idea what was going on, so I missed that one. That was, of course, when Aguero stamped on Louise, wasn't it? That was horrible. Um, we then lost again to them in 2014 in what would have probably been the, I don't know, February the 14th?
2: I think it's fifth round. Fifth
0: round, yeah, got to be, hasn't it? I don't really remember that. Uh, and this one, this is nuts. This has escaped my memory bank. I have no memory of this match whatsoever. I'm I'm going to rely on you two to to remind me. We beat Man City 5-1 in the FA Cup, again, fifth round, I think, uh, on the 21st of February 2016. Why on earth do I not remember
1: that? Didn't they have reserves out for the whole of the game? Yeah, Yeah.
0: I think they might. I looked at their team
1: and it looked pretty pretty shonky, it has to be said. Uh, Judge, you must remember the League Cup final where we played very well against them and lost on... Yeah, but that was the League Cup. I'm just focusing on the FA Cup talking I know you are but I'm talking about games where we've given them games at the moment we're sounding as if we we, we don't ever play well against them
0: well isn't... in the well, FA cup we don't that's my point no, no, we've, no, no, you that's know, we you we, know there's the, there's that one win that you saw in 1915 and then there's the one where we beat them 5-1 in 2016 and mark I don't remember that match at all and I mean jonathan's right they they had they put a shonky b team out and we had our first team out there's no doubt about that but
3: I don't
2: remember that how bizarre no, I th- I think they were in the hunt for three or four trophies at that stage, so something had to give. Yeah, you know, they they had a lot of fixture conge- um, congestion, so they put a really weakened side out against us. So and like we've always taken the FA Cup seriously at Chelsea, so we put a really serious side out. And I think yeah, I think for memory it was the f- the fifth round of the FA Cup. Yeah,
0: interesting stuff. Well, I, I mean the first thing really to talk about, other than that, I mean it's about time we turned them over in an FA Cup. Uh, match that's for sure let alone a semi-final uh, now I wrote my lineup because you know I love to do a bit of that because I basically found an app that allows me to do it and it's, it's like it's like a kid with a new toy now originally my lineup I, I have to make one change because I didn't know at the time that Christensen will not be available but I had picked the following this is what I think he will pick not necessarily what I would like him to pick Kepering goal Rudiger Christensen is not available, so I I now it's confusing. Zuma or, or a silver will come in in my view. as he always starts. Chilwell, Gilmore, not Conte, Jorginho James, Pudisic Havertz mount up front. Because I think I think, you know, he's figured out that's the three he likes to play up front. That's his best attacking formation. So the interesting selections here are quite possibly Kepper will he play Kepper because he has till now and you know what they do in FA Cup uh, matches these foreign managers and Gilmore for Conte because I don't think he'll want to risk Kante before uh Brighton but I could be wrong what do you think JK
1: oh I don't know um um I think he thought that he wasn't going to give 90 minutes to Kante in the uh in the Champions League and he was fabulous. He and he comp- said
0: he's fully, he said he's okay to play, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, um, uh, I think he'll play him actually. I think he'll play Kante. I think he's, un- he'll, he'll not play him in the, in the Brighton game, if he's going to give him a rest. Um, I think that's likely, I don't know what, I don't know who he's going to pick. You know, I wouldn't pick Kepper at all. And at this stage, now I pick Mendy in a semi-final, but, um, I'm just worried that Silva's still injured having to picked up that injury. Uh, uh he tried to come back on i know at the time but um uh perhaps he doesn't want to risk him in which case who would be the other other center half zuma. If he, dave zuma and rudiger yeah. would it just just be the three of them yeah um but yeah i think that might be the the, the pairing um the pairing plus one uh Chilwell obviously would, I think, have to, I thought Chilwell was excellent during the week. Chilwell appears to have upped his game, actually, to uh, to being a, 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 an excellent attacker again, as he was originally when he first joined the club. Um, uh, and I think he would oust Alonso just because his his defending capabilities, as we've established, are, are far superior. Um, and uh, But it's just a question then of, uh, is Kovacic still injured? He's still with a hammy. Is he unlikely to get back in? K-
0: Kovacic, we know, what we know from the presser today is that Kovacic and Christensen are not going to play.
1: Right, right, right. Of course, I, yes, the presser. So uh, I reckon
0: it'll be Rudy Gozuma and given what you say about Silva, because I've, I forgot about that, I have yeah. a suspicion you're right, which means it'll it'll have to be Rudiger, Gazuma and Aspie.
1: Who would be on the bench as a substitute from a centre-half point of view? Emerson. He'd play Sunday. of course he would. He has played in there before. You're absolutely
0: So something right. happens to I mean if something happens to Aspie, you've got Rhys James. If something happens to Zuma, then you move Rudiger in and you bring Emerson
1: on to the left. Well do you think he'd play Rhys James or is he going to play Adoy? Um uh,
0: no well I think he'll play Rhys James because I, I think that's what he's come down to. I think he's basically decided that if we're playing against teams that can really hurt us, you need more defensive wing backs than attacking wing backs. No and I although do. You know, Doy's done a really good job in his tracking back. Reese yeah. James, I mean, Jesus Christ, we didn't talk about this in the no, Porto the... bit. What Fabio. a bloody rock he is becoming. He was Fabio. superb against Porto, wasn't
1: he? No, I just think because Adoy actually, in the Palace game that we've established, took players on much better than yeah. he has been. And, um, but no, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that uh, you're absolutely right as well. Havertz, um, uh, the three that he chose... Um, um, all of whom have slipped my memory, other than Havertz, Havertz, Pulisic, and uh, Mount, and Mount. Yeah, are, are, are. Oh, I, actually, Barney Roney was rather, rather amusing about Mount in the Guardian, and uh, not Mount about Havertz in the Guardian, saying that he felt that he still contributed as if he was a, a strange Jane Austen character who's been abandoned by the by the author, <laughs> and had uh, you felt that he should actually finish the 19 minutes wearing a ruff, as if. He- <laughs> something from an Elizabethan tragedy which uh, similarly I thought was uh, there's a kind of, not a feat but the fact he wafts about a bit there's that and, and and still tries to find shots from strange angles which is what he did in the Palace game but uh, slowly but surely we're beginning to get glimpses of what a talented player he is I just I just wonder how long to, whether he will fit into Tuchel's plan I'm obviously not going to get rid of him but I'm I'm just fascinated by what Tuchel will ultimately do with this, with this club, with this team, because he is clearly an absolutely world-class coach, yeah. and um, it, it's joyous watching. But I, I'm, um, I'm, yeah, I, I'm. I, I think Pulisic, as we've been establishing, is coming into his own again. I just please don't get injured, please, possible. And um, uh, let's let's hope that that three can click. But I think that that we may have seen Werner down the down the pecking order, because I think he fancies Ziyech more as well to bring him on.
0: Well, I think, I think you know, and I've said it time and time again, Werner is not the number nine. He's not even a false number nine. He's an inside forward, and he's very good at doing that, which means his position is one of the two behind whoever he plays as the striker. And if you think about it, you've got Pulisic, Mount, and Ziyech. And I think, as you said, JK, right now, they're all ahead of Werner in that respect. Mark, I know you wanted to come in.
2: Yeah, um, this is part of my lunchtime sort of discussion I talked about earlier. So Spackers? Yeah, so... What, do he, what did he say? Uh, well, I think what, what he was saying was, yeah, definitely a 3-4-3. Three, three, uh, and I think it depends who's fit. You know, um, I, I'd go for Mendy and goal. And I think what we said today was, that, you know, the way Man City will play, those three guys up front, you, you need your best three central defenders. And if people are fit, yeah, it would have to be Dave Rüdiger and probably Christensen, but we didn't think Christiansen was fit, so we then went for Silva. But well, we don't but if, think he's fit. But if he's not fit, by default, then it becomes it becomes Zuma. Uh, at the top end, you keep the same three. Yeah, you know, again, that's part of taking the game to City as well. So it has to be Pulisic. Yeah, it has to be Habits, has to be Mount, and the, and then the four. Yeah, you know, Spacker's viewpoint to me, and I would agree with him, is you have got to play Reece James. Absolutely brilliant game. And again, a lot of City's threat comes down that left-hand side. And as good as... Because I, I originally said, well, what about Hudson-Odoi? J.K. just said, he said, absolutely not. He said, you've got to play Rhys James. You need that strength in defence on that side. And it's, as you have just said, better to have a defensive wing back, at, you know, rather than attacking wing back, because, you know, City will come down that left-hand side quite significantly. Jorginho picks himself. I'd start with Kante. Yeah, um, because I just think even if he's not 100% fit, but it sounds like he is, I think far better to start a player than to have to bring him off than actually bring him on and then he breaks down. So uh, I'd have Canty and Jorginho. And in the end, went for Alonso on the left-hand side. He hasn't played for about four or five games. So I think, you
0: know... won't Won't they rinse him with their pace though, Mark?
2: Well, I don't, I don't know, and, I think and pull him out so of position,
0: quick. and pull him out yeah. of position.
2: Yeah, and but also more of their threat is down the left hand side, you know. So I think you know Alon- Alonso, you know, uh, I just think Tuchel hasn't played him for about four or five games, and he does rotate, and he hasn't rotated for a while. So I would play Chilwell, you know, certainly because he's a better player. But I think if we're right, trying to no, predict, fair game, enough. Yeah, I thought he would probably opt for a long... Oh, he might opt for Emerson, because he's played Emerson in the FA Cup. He played yeah. him against Sheffield United. <laughs> Jonathan's got to look like somebody's farted <laughs> in front of him. I can see. <laughs> it's, it's, so, like, it's like a game trying to predict what, what Tuka will do. Well, in terms it,
0: indeed, he, he is. Wow. Although we got it spot on, uh, absolutely spot on for Porto. Although, to be utterly honest, um, you know, I, I picked Kovacic... Uh, because um, no, I I can't, I can't remember. We I didn't pick Kovacic. What is it? Yeah, I I didn't pick Kovacic, but not because I I didn't I didn't know it was because he was going to be injured. I mean, I just thought that they'd, they'd pick Kante ahead. Anyway, moving along. Um, here's a question for you, because I mean, you know, in a sense, the selection that we're talking about perhaps underlines this. It's very hard to know how how Johnny foreigner coach really treats the FA Cup. I mean we we've just talked about Pep playing a B side against us when they got whooped 5 1. Uh you know, dear old Antonio Conte, I got I mean you gotta love him for that. He played a pretty much boss side every time we turned up and he really clearly wanted to win the FA Cup and apart from that awful abomination against Arsenal he duly did. Mourinho used to always take it very very seriously i I'm trying to remember what the others were like. Sari, I would. I have a suspicion he didn't. So it's interesting for me always, Jonathan. How 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 seriously these boys really take it? My guts tell me that Tuchel's going to take it seriously because I think he wants to win a
1: trophy and I think he wants yeah, to win complete, it quick. Completely, yeah. He, 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 as he keeps saying it, um, you, to manage Chelsea means you're supposed to win trophies. So uh, uh, this is his out, isn't it? If he. If He doesn't win the Champions League, he's got but the other thing, is he's going to just win the, win the FA Cup. So, um, yeah, I think he'll obviously take it seriously, and also it, each game, um, it, I think they get better as I say, other than the blip, the West Brom blip, you know, because as we said, the Palace game they played the best they'd played all season, that was certainly the best they'd played under Tuchel. It was 35 minutes of sheer brilliance, so um. Uh, no, I, I think he will view this uh, just as a continuation of of the season. He says we take every game as seriously as the last one. I don't think he will ever go into any match thinking I can take this easy. I think it'll just be a question of who's available um, and uh, who he thinks can 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 beat the opposition. I think he'd have worked out the the plan that he wants to have. I mean, I'd be intrigued to see um, how much pressing we do and how slick the passing is because if it's anything like the Palace game will 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 be a complete shock to City blimey they
2: won't expect that
0: Mark I mean what do you think about that do you think he's he's going to take it seriously I think Jonathan and I do
2: uh, I'd agree I, I think you know he's only got two options now and he's also at the moment only got an 18-month contract and, and the way our club you know rolls is you have to win trophies so why Why would you not take the FA Cup? Irrespective, he may not necessarily know, but I think he will know the history of the FA Cup. You know, why would you not take this seriously when there's there's, there's a good chance, you know, he, he could end up, of the two, this is his better chance of a trophy, I think. So he will take this very seriously. Uh, and I, I think, you know, he will have a plan to try and get at City.
0: Hmm. Well, I, I it'd be interesting, you know, I, 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 my guts tell me in terms of how this this might pan out is i think i think <clears throat> excuse me dear old rick uh, glanville in his pre-match briefing i think has alluded to this is that one way to get at city is to uh is to do this you know very high press get all all the front players pressing them you know immediately to keep them pegged back and also to play with a high line so you can jest the midfield and give them less room to operate because they're very very good but i think another point that he made that was absolutely bang on you've got to take your chances against City. You've got to take chances. And he made a really interesting point. All the defeats that they've had this season. I mean, Leeds is a great example. Leeds had two shots on target and they scored both of those goals. And that's what you have to do. And he also said something like, um, uh, what did Bielsa do? I mean, Bielsa is quite fascinating, as we all know as a manager. But what Leeds did, I'm trying to find it now. Here we go. They actually man-marked. There uh, we go. Um we go. They basically Bielsa's successful strategy was to restrict their channels by man-marking central midfielders Alexis Sánchez and Bernardo Silva. I mean, whether Tuchel does something like that is a moot point. But what I do think he'll do, J.K., which is what we've been really talking about a lot all night, is he's going to make us very defensively solid. He's going to make us really hard. He's going to make it really hard for City to play against us. So I actually do. I mean, even though I don't see us doing what, what, what a lot of Chelsea managers have done in the past, which is to basically park the bus and try and hit him on the break, I don't think we're designed to do that, but I do think he's going to really make us hard to break down and try and nick a goal, you know, whether that be on a set piece that City are vulnerable from, or using something that I've seen us do a lot more of recently, and I have to say I'm quite happy to see this, is rather than... All the time, try and play out from the back with nice little, pretty triangular patterns. Sometimes ping one over the top to the likes of Mount or or Pulisic.
1: Why not? It works. Well, it's it's the way that City play to an extent as well. I I fear this compressing the midfield. the The problem is is that they're very good at finding a a pass through the middle of that compression and having um Mares or somebody swift run onto it and um. Uh, and their shooting is unbelievably accurate. And also the speed that somebody gets into the penalty area is very accurate. So uh, that could be our undoing. But I I think the the um, the example of not that they play the same, but the example of the way that we played uh, Atletico Atleti and and pushed um, everything off to the side, so there was nowhere that they could actually um, create anything was uh, was uh, a, a joy to behold. The the skill of the players who've been educated, who learnt the song that he wants them to come up with, to actually make, um, uh, to to stifle every single moment of creativity. Now, it's going to be tricky with City because they're a very creative side, but um, uh, I await with with immense interest to see what plan he comes up with. But as you say, it depends on, I think, Pulisic and Mount or whoever, being much more accurate than they have been with their shooting or, or habits or indeed yeah. habits, indeed I'm, i haven't mentioned him because i was imagining him with a, with a, a rough sword, on a sword and yeah. uh, and a uh, peat pattern of one of those like lord,
0: I, I see him as lord percy really yeah. rather than edmund but uh, i mean mark, mark you know one of the things that i i mean alluding you know kind of picking up from what i was saying about making us really really hard to beat uh and one of the things that I've noticed, particularly against Madrid and Porto recently, you know, teams that have enough good players to take you apart if you're not careful. And I've noticed the way that they've he's quite often when when out of possession, Chelsea have basically been playing five three two. So, you know, the wing the wing backs come back and, and they did, they're very much part of the defensive unit. Mount drops back with Jorginho and Kante leaving Havertz and, and Pudisic up front. And I, I, I think he'll do that against City. That helps to congest the midfield. It helps to push players out wide. And it still leaves, you know, Havertz and Mount up front. So an out ball can be really useful.
2: Yeah, I would agree. And again, like we haven't shared the script beforehand. And that's exactly the conversation I was having <laughs> earlier today. Is It will be a 3-4-3 formation, but... You know to deal with city that three will move back to a five when it needs to you need strength and defense against a side like city yeah you know, so it, it will become a five three two when it is needed but I, I think yeah you know, our success and our way to win this game is we're not gonna do what previous managers have done and park the bus. You know it did for Sarri, it did did for Conte probably there was yeah and actually you know you know Frank had an idea moment as well against City early in the season is we build it on a strong defence, you know, getting behind the ball when we need to. And then, you know, using those three players up front, you know, a really fast moving pressing game when the time comes and absolutely agree. We need to take the chances when mm. they come.
0: Definitely. Now, uh, in terms of how it might go, I mean, you know, JK kind of scolded me and I, I like, I quite like being scolded by JK. It, 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 I find it quite grounding actually, but uh he scolded me on, on being a bit, a bit of a negative Nora about our, our cup performances against City. I'm just going to make him be more scolding, possibly, because the wonderful uh, flash score, which I nick a lot of the stats from, tells us that Man City have not lost any of their three meetings with Chelsea at the new Wembley Stadium, one, two, drawn, one, Um Basically, Pep Guardiola's uh, side have been eliminated at this stage in two of his four campaigns in charge. So that's positive. Uh, But Guardiola is unbeaten in all five managerial head-to-head meetings with Tuchel. One, three, drawn two. Clearly none of them uh, when Tuchel's at Chelsea, of course. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, question that was asked at the press conference today was that... uh, Basically, does Tuchel have a chance of beating Pep Guardiola? Because now he's got a decent side to manage, which I thought was quite. They didn't say it like that, but that's kind of what they meant, which is quite cheeky. So, given given, I mean, we're underdogs for this. Let's be under no illusion here. City are a bloody good side. If they, you know, if they if they turn up on Saturday and they're 100% of their game, we are going to find it very very hard. But J.K., it's
1: an FA Cup semi final. Anything hey. can happen, eh? and we can stifle them and if we stifle them they might get frustrated and we might get a lucky goal or a free kick or something or yes who knows who knows but i know i, I you know i wait for my my um, euphoria about the uh, about Tucal's creation to be uh, to have the uh, to use mixed metaphors have the carpet pulled from under me as we get heavily beaten but i'll be intrigued cuz i think you'll learn from it i think you'll learn from any Anything that happens over the next uh, few games to the end of the season um, to uh, t- to make the side into a better one, but it then needs to be backed by the board, and then we'll see what occurs. But um, uh, it's been a great journey so far, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it being sustained tomorrow. You're gonna stick a score on there for us. Two one. Two one to the Chelsea. Yes, the Blue Boys winning two one at Wembley. Lovely, uh,
0: Mark, and uh, you know how do you see it going? What do you think the score is going to be?
2: I think it's going to be tight. I think it could even go. There is extra time tomorrow. Yeah,
0: extra time and then penalties.
2: Yeah, I, I, I could see it going to extra time. You know, uh, us winning either three-two in extra time or winning on penalties. It could be, it could be that close tomorrow. Oh. I, I think there could be goals in the game. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm going for a three-two in extra time. Yeah. Mm,
0: okay. I, I have no idea at all. Uh, although what I really hope for, I hope for a a complete and utter shithouse performance to make me proud of my lovely blue boys like we have done in the last few weeks. I mean, I, I didn't expect us to knock out uh, Atletico Madrid. I was a little bit more confident about beating Porto, but you you know, you know, knew that they were a, a difficult, awkward side to play against and we handled them, I thought, brilliantly. This is going to be a real test tomorrow. I think this is going to be the hardest game that Tuchel's had so far. I mean, even more so than Atleti, actually. You know, City are on their day, a very good side. Let's be under no illusion here. But uh yeah, let's shit house the bastards and come out with a two one win. That's what I reckon.
1: Nobody thought we'd beat Atletico. In fact, everybody's convinced that uh, we would be drubbed and it was the worst possible draw uh, anybody could have got in the uh, um uh, what was it, the quarterfinals mm-hmm. and not the quarterfinals, sorry, it was the, the um the one before the last the sixteen round of sixteen. And um and look how we came through, so uh um no i'm uh I, if he can find uh he can find the key to stopping them from playing, which I'm th- i he think he's very capable of, I think we'll do very well
0: yeah that's 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 what I hope i mean the other thing of of course is I could say well, it's written in the stars, you know because uh another reason of course, and we do this quite often, we lost the f a Cup final last year which was robbed from us, let's be honest. I think we were mugged off totally. And it's very Chelsea to go back the next year and win it. And uh, if you read my article uh, in football.london tomorrow, which will be coming out in the morning, you will you will see my thinking on this about how coincidence and serendipity plays a part in this. And, of course, in 2012, we won the Champions League and the FA Cup final against Liverpool. Uh, and I, I I just want to see history repeat itself. So... I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm ever the optimist. Two-one, nuggety, shit house. Two-one win, and I'll be happy. Anyway, let's hope everybody's happy. Come, uh, let me just think. Half five, so half seven. Uh, half, half seven, eight o'clock if it's extra time. Let's hope we're all happy tomorrow. By the way, me and Dino are going to be on that Chelsea podcast tomorrow after the game, talking to the lovely lads uh, about that. So there you go. Uh, we will, of course, be back on Monday. Me and J.K. will be back on Monday for the Chelsea Fancast. And we will be joined on Monday by the two marks. Now, as far as the Chelsea Fancast is concerned, there are only two marks. Worrell and Mian are back as a as a, as a a couple, as an item. The best double act since uh, Hinge and Brackett or Morecambe and Wise. Choose your famous comedic pairing and... And then up it. But, uh, yeah, it'd be great to see Mark Mark Worrell back. And, of course, Mark Meehan again.
2: Looking forward to Monday, Mark? I am indeed, yes. Uh, g- g- teaming up with Mr. Worrell again. The Speedy and Dixie combination. There we go. Much yeah. better pairing. I like that. Uh, much better pairing. Or, or Hasselbank a good job. Yeah, team. I was
0: thinking that. I was thinking the that.
2: Glorious Chelsea unpredictability. Oh, since, since Tuchel come in and we end it with a victory you know tomorrow and we'll have something positive to we'll talk about
0: if we win tomorrow and it is an utter shithouse win I think you me Jonathan and Mark will be unbearable and uncontainable on Monday so let, be a long show if we win yeah, yeah. let's let's hope it happens because it'll be hey it's great fun whatever happens that's the beauty of the Chelsea fan class. but anyway yeah me JK Mark Morrell Mark me and me looking back at the FA Cup semi-final against City and of course we'll be looking ahead to Tuesday night's Premier League match against Brighton so do not miss that don't touch that dial or whatever you do these days in the modern world. Mark, absolutely brilliant to see you, as always.
2: Oh, no, absolutely brilliant to be on. And clearly with Monday night's show, yeah, we'll we be getting an official paint supplier as sponsor for the show. Yeah. Uh, my, what, After the Dulux dog yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, that was yeah. Yeah, well, if if anything other, other than Tottenham could actually make a balls up of a sponsorship,
0: if uh, if if Chelsea had a paint sponsor, it would be Farrow and Ball, wouldn't it? Really? You lost, John. That? You. They yes. are the decorators and paint suppliers to the posh, which is why I know about it. Oh, no, yeah. I
1: know about it very well. I've got um because you're uh, posh. You know, one of our walls uh, in, <laughs> in this house was. Uh, Oh, darling, when,
0: when I had the interior design around and they recommended <laughs> oh, Farrow and Ball to me, darling. Let me
1: tell you, it was Mouse's Back. Mouse's mm. Back, yes. Yeah. Well, I kept calling it Mouse's ass, which really yeah. really annoyed my, my girlfriend, Henriette. Yeah.
0: So there you go. Go and Google it, people. You'll figure it out. JK, always a delight to see you, whether it be a Monday or a Friday.
1: You, you bookend my week, dear. Oh, thank you. It's terrific show. Great timing. fun tonight. Thank Great fun God. tonight. Terrific. Yeah. Really terrific. Good. Great Great, great. Mark is always superb. I'm telling you, your face here, Mark, you're
2: always great. And oh, thank you, thank you very much, J.K. And as like, like I said, hopefully Monday, you know, we'll have a Chelsea victory to talk about, and the first time we've beaten Man City at Wembley since the full Members Cup final 35 years ago.
0: Indeed, indeed. Well, let's 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 finish on that positive. Uh, but people I of Mi-
2: I was there I, know, was there,
0: I know, I know. People of Mixler, it was always lovely to see you on a Friday as well. Really, really great to have you on board. Look forward to seeing you next Monday as well. Uh, and for those of you uh, listening as a podcast later tonight, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills.
1: A-Cast empfiehlt Podcasts, die wir lieben.
2: Ich bin Namri Dagyab vom Achilles Running Podcast. Und hattest du dir fürs neue Jahr vorgenommen, mehr Sport zu machen, laufen gehen und so. Aber jetzt fehlt dir so ein bisschen die Motivation. Ja, dann hilft dir vielleicht der Achilles Running Podcast, deinen inneren Schweinehund zu vertreiben. Wo wir jeden Freitag mit unseren Gästinnen über Sport, Gesundheit und Ernährung sprechen. Wir hatten auch schon zum Beispiel mal Luisa Dellert bei uns da oder erst vor kurzem den Paralympics-Champion Matthias Meester. Also ich schlage vor, ähm, du ziehst dir Sportklamotten an, suchst dir eine Folge vom Achilles Running Podcast aus und wirst jetzt aktiv. Oder einfach auf dem Sofa liegen bleiben. Finde ich auch okay. Hauptsache Podcast.